0: Welcome back, everybody. Some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. I was talking to Brendan Connolly yesterday, actually, as NFL Sunday kicked off. Yes, thank you to the listeners out of Texas on the Ashley Fine Flores text line about my beloved Alabama losing to Texas. Ken Nichols, uh, Cal's son, has moved to Texas. He's become a Hook'em Horns fan. He was juicing me about Alabama. You know, Alabama, and we've, you, I remember we used to talk about this on the plane, Craig, um, uh, that head coach Nick Saban over the last fifteen years has won ten games or more every year. Like he's had a pretty good thing going. They've won six national titles. It always says a lot when you have a great team, when you being beaten automatically is the number one story of the weekend in the States. and that's Yeah, that's <laughs> the downside of being great. <laughs> that's when you have a good program. Craig McTavish is here for uh, Contract Equipment Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and saves. It's MacD on Mondays and he is our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Again, guests on the show receive certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. You can follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef LTF that Oilers now sent you. Roost Chris is open. Uh, they are open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until uh, 10. All right, to the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Mark in St. Albert says, Bob, can you ask Mac T? what he thinks about our goaltending for this upcoming season. The floor is yours, Craig. Okay. Uh,
1: I like Skinner a lot. I think uh, the trajectory for him, it's extremely likely that the trajectory continues north with him. He uh, he, he made a step last year. I think he, he needed to be better in the uh, in the playoffs and than, uh, than what he was. And as I've talked about many times before for you, with you, about goaltending. Uh, mediocre goaltending is subtle. It's not obvious. Good goaltending is obvious. So when you're asking the question, is our goaltending good enough, then that's the answer. Because uh, good goal, we were never asking that question uh, with Fierzy or with Dwayne Rolison. That That was obvious. This guy was stopping things that he shouldn't have stopped. Uh, and uh S- Skinner was g- was good but uh he he wasn't great and uh i think it's likely that he's going to be stronger this year because of those experiences it's hard to predict goaltending you know it's difficult to uh predict development for goaltenders but he has everything he's a sharp kid he's a good kid he's a hard working kid he's big he's big and for me, goaltending is about the balance between the athletic and the technical. And to me, I think he had the technical down, and it's just mending the more athletic saves to the technical path, package. That, that is where I think his growth is going to come from. Uh, and Campbell, I would say, is more athletic, maybe too athletic, and not technical enough in my, hmm. in, in my opinion. Um, but I like Campbell. I like the chances of Campbell turning it around this year. He played 36 games last year. I think uh, you know he, he he's going to be highly motivated, and there's no better motivator than failure. And I would say not that he failed last year, but I bet he thinks in his own mind that uh, he he left something on the table, and that's going to provide great motivation for uh, for Jack. He's an awesome guy. And not that I know him, but I just I love the interviews and
0: everybody's cheering for him. And I know his teammates are, too, as well, which helps. All right. So we, we mentioned we got Frank Saravalli coming up at 6.05. Uh, Mike McKenna was St. Louis based. He did some work for uh, TNT in the playoffs. He's a former goaltender and he was on daily faceoff with Saravalli for the last couple of years. And he he basically said the same thing with that you did about Skinner, that there were some some technical things that needed to be cleaned up in his game, uh, I actually think he was ahead of where I thought he'd track. Like, you know, you were still with the team when the Oilers drafted him back in 2017, right? He was a third-round yes, pick yeah. in 2017. The Oilers
1: stepped up because we we
0: lost uh,
1: Wall to the Leafs the year before. We were going right. to draft Wall, the goal, the big goalie that the Leafs ultimately drafted. And uh, I know, Peter, we were talking at the draft table that we didn't want to lose Skinner. So as we got into the third round, we traded up. uh, Right. So we didn't lose him. And uh, it was a pretty astute move by Peter to get him in hindsight.
0: Well, at the end of the day, I mean, you're sitting there and you got Skinner from the 2017 draft, and then Keith Gretzky ran the draft in 18. uh, And you and Keith had a very good relationship, and he hit on, um, you look at the the picks in the first two rounds, Bouchard, I mean, Evan Bouchard, Craig, is it unrealistic to think that if, I mean, we've never seen a power play like this before, ever. Yeah. Like, think about it. Hard to believe. Like, you played with seven Hall of Famers, right? Lethal. Right? Right? Seven Hall of Famers on the Oilers, but it was never this good. No. Like, this is the best power play we've ever seen. Um, and it got better in the playoffs and it was different because it used to go Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, McDavid, or Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, but it was that trio and then when Bouchard came aboard, it added a legitimate, like an Al McInnes-like shot from the point. He's got that ability, he's got that, you know, in the Bouch yeah. mom um, and it's it's going to be super intriguing. to Do you think he could break the 70-point plateau given how good that power play is? That's a hell of a lot of points. That's a lot of points. Um, I doubt it. Yeah, I
1: doubt it. That's a lot of points. But uh, uh, to your point about Keith Gretzky, I always felt good about him running the draft. I I like Gretzky's any Gretzky's opinion on hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a humble family too, eh? Like yeah. Like you would not. You know what I mean? Like I always called it the Wally principle. They're all beat with the Wally principle about hard work treating people well regardless of what their status is in life and uh do the right thing. Wayne was amazing that way. Like he would think of things that uh just little things for people that didn't so called weren't big players in the game and he would treat everybody the same. Yeah. And all the Gretzkys do the same. They're all it's the
0: Wally principle. I mean Amazing, uh, uh, amazing father. Remember Eric Gravis saying to me, Bob, he treats me the same way he treats Conor McDavid, and I said to Eric, Eric, he treats me the same way he treats you. Like, yeah, I'm, just yeah, the yeah, yeah. I'm just a broadcaster. I'm just a loudmouth, you know what, on the road. Like, you know, it's, no. it tells you everything you need to know. If you got questions for Mac T, feel free to text us at 780-496-0063. Kjam has entered the queue on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. He says, uh, Craig and Bob, what dimension do you think they need more out of our decor? So you're looking at the defense. you drafted Nurse. That was your 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 call that year. I think there was one one of the scouts on the staff was was pushing for nichushkin but most of you guys were geared towards Darnell. I a perfect world for me. And it was the center, the the the
1: uh, I'm forgetting his name in Calgary that's now in Montreal. Oh Monaghan. Monaghan. And yeah. uh you know, there was a lot of talk about Monaghan and Nurse. And, I mean, I was always of the belief as a manager that I needed to see the, and have an opinion about the top 50 guys. Yeah. I didn't want to make the call, but I wanted to be able to ask the right questions when we were discussing uh, their various skill sets. And Monahan, there was a lot of support of Monaghan over Nurse. And uh, Calgary made the
0: decision easy for
1: you because they I, took Monahan. I, I, at six. I, I, I was extremely happy when they took Monahan, and he ended up playing great for a while. He was a thirty-goal scorer, and Darnell was a little bit later coming. But I always I loved that character and that competitiveness.
0: Well, as excited as you were in 2013 to get Nurse at seven, uh, I jumped in my because in, when. Just like you guys are in that first row, as a like now, what's happened is the orders have a good team. They're at the back of the bus for the draft, right? So you're not in. You don't want to be in those first couple rows because it's no. a sign they've
1: been. I don't know what the back of the bus looks like at
0: the draft. Yeah, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> well, you only had two cracks at it, so look at it that way. Uh, but no, seriously, like in 2014, when the Buffalo Sabers announced they took Reinhardt. I was fist pumping cuz I knew we were taking Leon at that state. Was, yeah. was was it always Leon?
1: No, there it was it it wasn't cut and dried between Reinhardt and uh Leon if they were both available. It it, it was a It was yeah, going to be close. It, it was close,
0: yeah. And it what about uh, Ryan
1: McGill was coaching uh uh Sam Reinhardt at, at the Cooney. time in Kootenay, yeah. And uh he was over the top on his praise. Dave Manson, as we talked about last week, was coaching in Prince PA. Albert with Leon, and he was a big advocate
0: of Leon. You know, I think I relayed this to you. Corey Kluson was the head coach of the team. They had a kid named Dakota Conroy on the team, and I th- I said, is he going to be a good Golden Bear? You know, scoring 30 as a 19-year-old, and he goes, he's going to be hard-pressed to play in the Bears, Bob. He's, and I go, well, he's got 30 goals as a 19-year-old. And Corey looked at me and said, how much do you weigh right now, stuff? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, he, and I go, I don't know, 240. And he goes, you'd have 20 playing right wing right now if we drive. Yeah. Out. Those yeah. are the kind of looks that he's creating for yeah. his teammates. Amazing vision. I and mean, and he, it's he, very rare. And he said, Bob, he's going to be way better than everybody thinks. That's what Cluston yeah. said. Like, he said yeah. he's going to be way better. He hasn't <laughs> even scratched. Like, he's, he's, he's got way more game to give. So you got those. So – People are asking about the defense and what the defense is missing. So I look at this you look at the left side of the defense. Nurse, Eckholm, Kulak. Kulak's a good third pairing defenseman. Okay, and then you got Eckholm who you love who can so that's I think you can cut Darnell from twenty four and a half down to twenty two and a half minutes. You can play twenty minutes a game for <coughs> twenty minutes a game for Eckholm. 16-17 minutes a game for Kulak in the third pairing Bush is going to play 22 minutes a game because he's going to play in the power play what do you you know CeCe's been 20 minutes a game in the last two years back half of the first year he was really good back half of last year he struggled he, he's, he really struggled against Vegas I mean they just got blown away Darren A
1: I like Dan or Yeah. I like what he does I like what he brings as a third 6-7 guy yeah he's nasty. What do you do with Broberg? Well, I, I think you have to uh, let Broberg decide whether he's going to be a part of this or not. And you've got to give him the runway. You've got to play him at the start. That, that 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 would be my sense. And I'm sure that that would be management's uh, opinion too as well. Let's, let's give him some runway and uh, the team is going to have success. So you can afford to play him and 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 for help him along with his development but uh it, it's that that's a question mark going into the season for sure whether he can uh he he can make that step i uh, we're all hoping that he can but we're not sure that he can
0: just before we get to an area that the orders are going to need to definitely improve, which is the bottom six. They're going to look for a different dynamic at some point there. Uh, Josh from the Two Mutts podcast. Brendan's going to be on the show next week. Uh, we'll have a, a one coming out tomorrow. Can you ask Mac T how he could use Connor, how he would use Connor Brown coming off of his injury, torn ACL? Would you dress him in five or six preseason games of the
1: eight? Well, I'd listen to the player. I, I'd, I'd listen to... I mean, there were always players that were slow starters that I thought we had to get a lot of games for. Billy Guerin was a chronically slow starter. So I was going, Good you got manager. F- he's a sharp manager. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I thought he'd do a great job because he's, he's, he's a sharp guy and yeah. super energetic and very entertaining, and he can motivate people. Um, but he was a chronically slow starter, and I would have the conversation with him at the start of training camp that you have to show me your level you've got to get your game to a top level and once you're there then we can start uh giving you some games off but until you're there we're going to play you and uh, i would i would have the dialogue and i'm sure jay and the coaching staff will do the same with uh connor brown uh they'll they'll want to play him early and see how he does and if he's feeling good they'll keep him going and if they show him If Connor shows the coaching staff that he's at his highest level or very close to that, then then you can give him a little bit of a break. But... uh I think he's going to be a really good ad, as everybody does.
0: All right. uh, Here's what uh, we're going to do. We're going to go to break, but not before I'm going to tell you. Uh, Jack Hookson of Pro-Am Sports, I think you've done some work with him over the years. He's got orders now, game day trivia for Pro-Am Sports, fan cave and fan gear specialists for all budgets in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail and at pro ca. And once we get going in season, we're going to have a uh, new competition uh, with pro Sports. Looking forward to that. We'll take a timeout. It's 5.48 at Edmonton. Craig McTavish will highlight an area of concern that he thinks maybe needs to change a bit for the Edmonton Oilers. This is Oilers Now. million downloads of the podcast August 31st 22 to August 31st 23. Thank you to everybody that uh, listens to the show and takes the time to go that route. It is MACT on Monday's our inaugural edition with uh, former Edmonton Oilers player head coach and general manager Craig McTavish It's presented by Contract Equipment Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales. Just want to mention the Oilers now injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown injury lawyers. Trent Brown smiling like a butcher's dog. The Alberta Golden Bears have started the year 2-0. They routed Manitoba uh, 37-16 Friday night over at Footfield, made it there after the game. And the Edmonton Elks, uh, who Trent also played for a last-second game-winning field goal from Dean Faithful to knock off Calgary in the return engagement of the Battle of Alberta. James H. Brown, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We bring Mac T back into the show. All right, um, here we go. Speaking of injuries... Uh, A guy coming off an illness, not necessarily an injury, could play a huge part of what Edmonton's bottom six looks like. Because I think you can make an argument. When Edmonton was in New York, Craig, uh, in October, they played McLeod with Fogle and Holloway together. And they looked pretty good. They could skate. That'd be great news for Jay if that line could produce. Right. And then you're in a situation where you got Yanmark and Derek Ryan (laughs) <laughs> Ryan, I mean, they weren't the same team when Ryan didn't play game one against Vegas. They were—they were, they missed him on that, that line of Fogle, Ryan, and McLeod. Their analytics was around 65% in that series against Vegas, and that's a good puck possession team. But in a perfect world, I think Derek's playing a little further down the lineup. So the fourth line center's a crucial spot. You probably need a right shot. We were down in Red Deer when we found out that Brent Sutter, you were sitting right next to me, when we found out that Brent Sutter was coming to Witter's Camp on a PTO. Could he be the magic elixir for that bottom six?
1: Uh, I think so. I mean, he's got the qualities that you need in that bottom six. He's a great face-off guy. Not as good as his father, but he's really good. Right-handed, skilled. I mean, the health is a big question mark.
0: I mean, he hasn't played the last two years.
1: Yeah. But he's still young enough. If he's healthy enough, he's going to be able to play. I mean, he's skilled enough. The guy, I mean, he was a pretty elite player. And to have that piece in your bottom four, to be able to roll out there, and he's a real smart hockey player. And I'd just love to see a Sutter play here in Edmonton. I mean, I don't think we it's talked about it earlier. There hasn't been one. Everybody loves the Sutters. I certainly do, and love the uh love the family and I love all the qualities that come with them and the hard work and grit, selflessness, toughness, all, all the things that uh, drive championship hockey.
0: So right now, uh, as it stands right now, um, Brandon Sutter and, and Sam Gagner coming in on PTOs, you had Sam as a player. Uh, you had Sam when you were uh, after you were a GM of the team, but still working with the club. Keith Gretzky made a small little deal and got rid of uh, what's his face—the guy he traded uh, Ryan Strom for, orion oh, Ryan Spooner, the DJ. Yeah, yeah, and that was uh, that was a good trade because we got a guy that actually wanted to play hockey. I think yeah. it's going to be a little bit tougher for him, don't you think?
1: Well, I, I love Sam a lot, and uh, but they're different animals. Sam is more of an offensive guy than really a shutdown guy. I mean, not that he couldn't play that role, and I think he'll be... But he's, and he's mostly a right wing
0: now. He's yeah. like Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan's really a right wing at this stage in his career.
1: He actually... Sam played good in Winnipeg. When we were in there with St. Louis playing against Winnipeg, Sam, he scored a goal in one of the games, and I mean, he's a highly competitive player. Yeah. And uh, another guy that uh, ha- has a lot of character and be... Really good uh really good in the room in that
0: environment. You know what I remember about Sam as rookie year is you guys were in Vancouver and they got an empty net goal and all hell broke loose and Ryan Kessler ended up squaring off with Sam and Penner was he Penner told me, he said the moment Kessler was gonna get the upper hand, he was getting suckered. I was gonna sucker him. And, but he never got the upper hand. Sam Yeah no, of- <laughs> Sam can hang in there. He's he's he did a good job.
1: Yeah. He's gritty. So For sure. One of your favorite he gets players. that from his mother.
0: Yeah. <laughs> one, one, yeah. of your favorite, one of your favorite people of all time, eh, Dustin Pater? Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I can get along with it. You know what it is? Yeah. So I, few I, people I, actually I, like me that I can get along with
1: it. I mean, I didn't dislike him. Like, I'd like to go camping with him. Dustin Pater? Yeah, yeah. Like, he'd be funny. He'd just, you, know, you just have yeah, to see, know he's not going to get you any firewood. No, no, no. But uh, <laughs> he's funny, self-deprecating. But he, in the world of high professional, high
0: performance athletics, not so much. Yes. He, <laughs> yeah. Let's put it this way. I don't think he was really a hunter-gatherer type. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Uh, and he could. He had the skill set. Yeah. And he, when he got yeah. oh, upset, yeah. he he was, when he was he, strong. He was strong. Like, he wasn't a great technical fighter, but he could toss guys around. We got uh, 90 seconds left. Should I save? No, I'm going to ask you the question. Zone or man? What sort of defense you prefer playing? Uh, I like zone
1: defense, but, I mean, my style of coaching when I went back to St. Louis proved to be more antiquated, I mean, at least in the, the current coaches' mind. Okay. And uh, there's all the double-up coverages where you get the puck back quickly, you take the net front defenseman, and you move him over to the far side to... Outnumber the guy in the corner, but you leave the net unprotected, which i never right i never liked to do and you know there's a lot of man on man coverage now that uh, but you you get in positions where you have the left point your left defenseman covering their right defenseman, and uh you know that never made any sense to me I'm with you, yeah, i just uh but it's 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 prevalent
0: yeah. Uh, you know, the joke in the NBA, you know why they outlawed zone defense in the NBA? Because it worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was, There you go. All right, Craig, it was a kicker. Okay, I perf. loved it. Yeah, there we go. It's great, uh, thanks. Here's what, we're, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I will be in Penticton next Monday, so you've met Brendan Escott. He's going to uh, take you for a half an hour in the show, and then the following Monday we're going to be in Winnipeg. And so I think I'm going to be at the rink three hours before the game that day. So we should be good. You'll be on a little bit earlier. I, we're getting tons of positive response. Thank you for coming into the studio today. Thank you. Enjoyed it. You bet. We're going to head it off to a global news weather traffic update with James Dunn. And when we come back in orders now, for the horses and horse racing, Alberta, Frank Saravelli. It's 558 Edmonton, and you're listening to orders now.